Welcome to Double Fries No Slaw. It is Sunday evening, July 18th. We're 49 days away from kickoff. Richie, I feel like it's getting close. Um, and we are joined by a very special guest tonight, uh, FF, former FSU quarterback and NFL Super Bowl champion, Brad Johnson. Brad, thank you so much for hanging out tonight, man. How are you doing? I'm doing great, man. Appreciate you guys reaching out. Kind of enjoying the summertime, coaching high school football, workouts in the mornings, and making TikTok videos in the afternoon. So, get to spend some <laughs> time with you guys tonight. So, appreciate you guys reaching out. Yeah, we've definitely enjoyed the the TikTok videos. We're going to get into that in in just a minute for sure. I know Richie is Richie's been outside on his courts in Orlando practicing to try and uh, <laughs> to try and one up you. I don't know if he can or not, but uh, man, we go chronologically with with a lot of things. We we start with you know people you know, their, their high school, college pro career. But I, I told you this before we started, I am the biggest like fanboy ever when it comes to that first Super Bowl. I, I told Richie just before we got started, one of the best nights of my life was watching you guys win it all. Uh, you know, that 2002 season, you know, 2003 Super Bowl. Um, does it ever really sink in that you're a Super Bowl champion? Like you see the Super Bowl every year. You understand like it's the biggest, I mean, you got the, the flag behind you for those that aren't watching and listen to this later but like what is that like to be remembered like i quarterback the team to like win a super bowl what's that like yeah yeah i pinch myself every day for that opportunity in 1987 i was a senior in high school couldn't decide if i was gonna play football or basketball in college end up playing two sports at florida state for play basketball for two years couldn't decide i was a basketball junkie and um but in 1987 that's when the new york giants uh, the great Phil Sims went 22 for 25 through three touchdowns against the great John Elway, Denver Broncos. And he said, I'm going to Disneyland. And so, you know, I'm making this choice. And 16 years later, I couldn't decide if I was going to football or basketball in 1987. 16 years later, 2003, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I was, we win the Super Bowl 48-21 over the Raiders. And I hold my son, Max. He's Two years old and and um, the dog's barking there and um, <laughs> and my wife she's seven and a half months pregnant with our other son Jake and confetti's falling and we're saying we're going to Disney you know Gruden <laughs> and it's pretty awesome and now when you know when the Super Bowl take when it takes place. And when the game's over, I always wait to the very end of that game to watch, you know, who's, you know, who's going to Disney and just know the feelings that they're going through and, and the best team one day of your life. And when, I mean, you guys dominated that game, but I mean, it didn't start out domination, right? It was three, nothing after the first quarter and then slowly just kind of took over. But once you guys got up big and then you guys kept having to go back out there and piling on the lead, piling on the lead, piling on the lead. Was it hard to kind of like stay composed and stay focused when you kind of knew you had the Super Bowl in the bag? Like, 
in the third quarter. Like how how weird is that for like to be not over, right? Anything could happen. They kind of made it somewhat close late, but what's it like to kind of like go back out there on the field and be like, man, this thing's over. <laughs> Well, we, we, it definitely is a slow first quarter. There's no about, no doubt about that. I mean, you're just trying to gain field position, trying to gain um, momentum, get first downs, get a field goal, get a touchdown, however it was. And it's three, it's three nothing. And all of a sudden, we scored back to back touchdowns in the second in the second quarter, right at the end of the half. Went up twenty three. Hit Keenan McCardell on a uh, on a fade stop in the back of the end zone on the right-hand side. The play was called uh, South Right Nickel 41, kill 374 Wasp. So we were up 23 at half. That was felt very good. Yeah. In the third quarter, we, we rolled. We got up 34-3 right at the end of the third quarter. And I, okay, we got a chance. I remember looking at the clock. And then all of a sudden, they throw a touchdown pass to Jerry Porter, but they went for two. They had a block punt, and they went for two. And then – and then they scored again on a on another pass to Jerry Rice on a post. Next thing you know, it scores 34-21. But they yeah. went for two, like three consecutive times, which which cost them points. And uh, I remember there was like six, seven minutes to go in the game. We're going to have to close this thing out. And uh, they threw a pick with like a minute and a half to go. They threw two interceptions right at the end of the half. So, I mean, at the end of the game, which made the game, you know, took the game out of control. But it was really – it got tight there in the fourth quarter. You, I mean, you think about what happened to uh, the Patriots and the Falcons where they had a big lead. and So, you know, in this game, you know, the game never over until it's over. Yeah, they had yeah. the MVP player and, and uh, Rich Gannon, quarterback, and Jay Rice and Tim Brown and Romanowski. I mean, they were loaded with players. They were a tremendous team. But uh, we had great players, too. We had Hall of Famers on our team, too. And so it was a great game. And however you win those games – you don't really work on style points. You just want to win by, you know, one point. And uh, that's kind of what we did that day. It was a, it was a great win for, for Buccaneer history, for sure. Yeah. And, and Brad, I mean, uh, I, I've been a Buccaneer fan my entire life, really ever since you guys drafted uh, Brooks and Dunn. You know, obviously we're a Florida State show, so we're, you know, th those are my guys that trans uh, transitioned me from being a Dolphins fan, which my dad was with the Dan Marino, to Tampa Bay. But I remember that season pretty specifically, and, and the defense seemed to get all the credit that year, and rightfully so. They were phenomenal. It was one of the best defenses yeah. ever. But you guys really showed up at Philadelphia. You shut down the, uh, the you know, the old stadium there, and then uh, go on to win the Super Bowl. You, you know, Joe Jurvicious, Keyshaw Johnson, a, a lot of guys. The offense kind of held their own. Um, obviously, it's a team you're winning a lot of games. You, you don't want to get into this versus that but did you guys on offense kind of hear that noise like yeah the defense kind of is carrying this team and you guys said well hold up we, we can play football too well if you look at any any world champion san francisco 49ers with joe montana or yep. uh, brett Favre's team with green bay and reggie white and leroy brown i mean uh, um i mean leroy butler you look at dallas cowboy teams you look at john elway's team i mean 99 percent of them had <laughs> unbelievable defenses like yes sir let's face it you know what i mean but our defense had some headliners we had three guys that have made the hall of fame and warren Sapp and Derek brooks and john lynch now and hopefully uh, ronde barber and simeon rice will and but we had a lot of great players that didn't get talked about dexter jackson won the mvp and brian kelly and greg spires but offensively we made a bunch of moves that year and in free agency, John Gruden came in his first year, learned the first system. Very similar to what happened with Tom Brady this year. They made 10 <laughs> moves in free agency. We made 15 to 19. We brought in Joe Jervicious and Keenan McCardell and 
Robin Olvin, Kerry Jenkins, and Michael Pittman. And I mean, we brought in players. And so we were three and one every four games. And uh, so ended up the season 12 and four. And if you really look at what we did, we we're averaging 28, 29 points a game on offense, especially second half of the season. We caught on fire. And um, so we had that many headliners on defense, a great defense. They're going to get the storyline. But then offensive, we had some <laughs> some great players too. Yeah. You could get the, the story wasn't written about the offense, which is, yeah, at the time, you know, you know what you signed up for. You, you want to win the Super Bowl. And it takes 53 collectively to do it. And some great coaches too. And that's what we, you know, that's what that's what you want the ring. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah the, and going going from that year, man, one of my favorite plays. Uh you're you're on the goal line, right? Joe Jurovicious against I think you guys are yeah, you're playing Philadelphia. And uh, I think it was Monday Night Football, and he runs. This like, was the this was the next year. The next, next year. Talking, okay, what you're talking year. about was the next year. All right. Well, still, yeah, I, I, right. I, I I have to ask about this. I remember, <laughs> like, my, my parents let me stay up late because I was a I was a young buck back then. And uh, you throw it. He like taps it up to himself, turns around, grabs the pass, scores the touchdown. Like, what was that like? And when you threw it. Uh, you can be honest. Like, was that where you were aiming, or did Joe? <laughs> did Joe just make you look good? Because either way, you both looked good on on that play. Yeah, Joe. Joe's a phenomenal athlete. He actually ended up playing in three Super Bowls: one with the Giants, us, and Seattle. Joe played volleyball, I believe, one or two years at Penn State. Uh, tremendous athlete. He's got a daughter now that uh, she'll be on like the eighteen U. <laughs> uh, she's actually going to Nebraska now as a you know volleyball player. But Joe is a tremendous athlete. The play was um, um, double left wing, sprint right, Q8. And that was the play. It was a little rollout to the right. And they actually went all out blitz. And I threw the ball behind Joe a little bit. I actually could have got picked off. Joe actually <laughs> tipped it to himself. Yeah. And flipped and caught it this way in the back of the end zone. Phenomenal play. His awareness. But those were the skill set that he had playing basketball, playing you know, playing volleyball and obviously a tremendous football player, but that was a that was one that's kind of saved me. <laughs> Best of ninety nine yard interception for a touchdown. But he was a phenomenal player. He he had two catches. He had both touchdown catches in that game, if I remember correctly. The other one was a toe. He dotted the he dotted the eye, as Gene Deckerhoff used to say, right? He dotted the eye <laughs> and and caught one in the other corner of the end zone. Uh, I believe we won that game seventeen to nothing. And uh, it was the first win in the new Eagle Stadium. And then obviously the last yeah. win in the old Eagle Stadium was was the one that, you know, Rondé picked off the pass and um, and took it back to, to shut down the vet. So, but yeah, I mean, you talked about that. And then I, I got another question for you. And we'll, again, try to keep you too long, but we can sit here and talk about the the, the highlights all day. But uh, yeah, the, the offensive players were so underrated on that team. You talk about Pittman and McCardell. And I mean, we didn't even yeah. mention Keyshawn and, uh, I mean, Dilger, all, all the guys, yeah, all start on the team. Like, yeah. I mean, it just it, the list just goes on. Uh, but just such a collective team, and and really like the epitome of. I mean, obviously, Derek got so much credit that year, and John was so so good, and uh, Rondé and Simeon and Sap and all those guys. But like, just the collective team of just like we really don't care who who gets credit here. We we just want to win, you know. <laughs> like you you think about like the star like. Other teams that have won, not there's anything wrong with this, but your Brady's and your Mahomes and guys like that, where like just they had to get everything. Your Kobe's and LeBron's, right? Like that team really, and not that it didn't have its talent. I mean, Derek Brooks is one of the best ever played, Sap, those guys, but just the epitome of man, we're just gonna go out here and win games. <laughs> like that, that's all we really care about. And that and that's you know, the kind of the way we felt. Um, speaking of some of those guys, though, um, 
what was it like having that FSU connection on on some of them, right? Like Dexter, Greg, and Derek. I mean, once you get to the pros, is is that kind of FSU connection? Do you still kind of like kind of lean to those guys or right. you know favor them a little more, or maybe just give the Gators some crap while they're you know or sap you know when beating up on their teams in in on Saturdays or how, what is that FSU connection like once you get to the pros? Yeah, there's there's a strong connection. After every game, I always would take a picture of guys who are on the field that were from Florida State, their friendships. And so I, my whole house is full of pictures with guys either I play with or, or you know, a bunch of Florida State guys. And and so, honestly, when we were at Florida State, we said, you know, if you win the state championship, which is the University of Florida or the University of Miami, the winner of those two games has a good chance of winning the national championship. Yeah. And so we had 14 straight years at Florida State and starting in 1987 where – Florida State finished in the top four, uh, 14 straight years. And so when Tony Dungy was there in Tampa, he drafted a lot of the Florida State players. Uh, you know you went through a top-notch program. You were used to winning, and that's a big thing. Get used to winning, how to win, how to work, and do it on a consistent basis. So, But Greg Spires, he's, you know, those guys. Were, and then when I made my move in free agency to come to Tampa, um, I knew Tony Dungy because he was in Minnesota with me for three years as a defense coordinator, we had a good relationship, but I played against some Tampa, Tampa's team for a bunch of years. And uh, whether I was in Minnesota or Washington, I had great respect for them. And so for me, I felt like I had a, a great contract. I felt like it was a place I could win. And I felt like for me personally, um, I'd be the first quarterback in Tampa Bay franchise to, to hoist a trophy. The other guy in state of Florida, last time he did it was a guy named Bob Greasy, 1971. Oh. So, and now Tom Brady did it 18 years later, which is pretty cool. You know what I mean? But but knowing the connection of the Florida State guys, knowing the program, what those guys were about, I wanted to join forces, and it was a perfect fit. Um, I I went back today and and rewatched the the DVD, which I do. I feel like once a year of uh, of you guys winning, and you're uh you're on that DVD at the very end, like while Dwight Smith is running the ball back down the other way with like two seconds left, you're holding your son. Right. And uh, what a moment you talked about your wife being like seven months pregnant with your other uh, baby that was coming, but you're holding Max. Uh, and then we grow up 20 years later and here goes Max uh, kicking the Gators tail yeah, in, Gainesville. <laughs> hey, in Gainesville in um, Gainesville as a big underdog, not supposed to win backup QB comes in and, and beats UF. Um, were you in the swamp that night? Were you, what, talk, talk to us about that night. Um, I know you have it out for UF, like just, you know, I know you bleed garden and gold. What was it like seeing your, seeing your son go in there, hostile environment and, and pick up that road, road win when, when nobody expected LSU to, to win that game. Right. I've, I've coached Max pretty much out of the womb. <laughs> doing three and five step drops at six and seven years old. You know what I mean? So coached at all his youth teams and middle school teams and high school teams. And so, you know, Chose to blaze his own path by going to LSU. And uh, last year was a weird year for a lot of kids in college, whether it's COVID or kids opting out. And so he's a hard worker, about 6'5", 220. And uh, he finally got his chance to play and start in that game. Had some opportunities to come in as a backup. And they went as 23 and a half point underdogs. And Florida, no one gave him a chance. Florida's trying to win the national championship. And Trask, the quarterback, now the Buccaneers backup quarterback, is trying to win a Heisman. And, LSU came in there and beat them uh, in the swamp. 
in the fog and 57 yard field goal, the, <laughs> the, 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 uh, the thrown shoe that took place, but it was, it was <laughs> yeah. an awesome experience for Max to be a part of that and uh, to overcome something when no one gave him a chance. So as a parent, you sit there in the stands, I mean, all you're doing is you're eating popcorn and you can't, I can't yell at him saying, look out for that guy or throw to that guy, or you just got to sit there and take it. And so it was, it was, a, it was a great night for, for Max and LSU and obviously our family. I was in Tallahassee that day. Um, Florida State beat Florida um, on the basketball court, and then we beat Duke that afternoon. And then I went over to Proof Brewing and and watched uh, watched LSU. It was a great day for uh, for FSU to not only win both of our big sports, but <laughs> but to watch you guys win. Uh, Richie, I'll pass it to you, and then we'll we'll wrap up here in a second. Yeah, Brad, and you touched on it a little bit, but when you came to Florida State. You weren't a part of the football program your first year, I don't believe. You you came for basketball. Um, no, okay. tell no, us what, I, I tell came, us about I your recruitment there. Scholarship. Uh, in, in, uh, in high school, I scored twenty three hundred ninety two points and player of the year in <laughs> North Carolina. And uh, but I had to choose, you know, what sport I wanted to play and potentially go pro. And I chose Florida State just for football. But I was being redshirted my first year. So I ended up uh, played two years of basketball at Florida State for Pat Kennedy. I went to the NCAA's twice, and then after that, my second year, I had to decide what I was going to play football because I was missing half a spring football because going to the NCAA's, or I was yeah. missing a little bit of basketball because of the length of the football season. So that's that's kind of what happened to me. So how how cool was that just to have Coach Bowden come into your living room and say, "Hey." Brad, you know, we want you to come to play for Florida State. And I love the timing because it was really at the very start of the dynasty, right? Like it, Florida State wasn't what it is now, but you believed in Florida State and Coach Bowden and what he was selling. But just what's it like to have Coach Bowden in your house saying, hey, I want you to come play for me, coming in really at being at the front end of that dynasty and then seeing what it became because that it, it's – it doesn't happen in college football very often, but what happened at Florida State? There's no doubt. The only team that's not even comparable, uh, we won 14 straight years, being in the top four. Top five, yeah. About. I think the only team that's close to that is maybe Clemson. Uh, Alabama's probably heading in that direction as far as finishing in the top four. But uh, it's incredible. And you think about the talent that he brought in. Uh, it, was, it was a place where coaches weren't getting fired. Coaches weren't really leaving to go get other jobs. And, and – it, you know, you talk about a family atmosphere. That's what it was. It was it was hard work, and and we didn't win a national championship when I was there. Coach Bowden did end up winning two. Uh, when he came to my house in 1987, I think he was like 63, had 165 wins, and ended up with like over 360 wins. And it's incredible. And to say that, uh, pretty awesome. Um, to say that he was my coach, and one of the best of all time, and he did the program right. They weren't cheating. They weren't doing anything illegal. It, it was straight up recruit, straight up play ball, and uh, just grateful for that opportunity. Yeah, and that's man, it's just so fun because I, I was born in '88, and uh, so I've been spoiled as a Florida State fan the, the whole time, um, hearing all about that. But I also I have two last things. One, I just want to ask your thoughts on uh, Mike Norvell and where he has this program going. Um, you know, obviously he came in, not a lot of ties to Florida. He's done a really good job. You know, hired Ryan Bartow, recently Kenyatta Watson, uh, some people that have Florida and Georgia kind of, you know, recruiting standpoint. Yeah. 
um, they have that covered to where they can at least get Mike Norvell in the door. Um, have you had a chance to meet him or talk to him and just your initial thoughts on him and the programming forward? Cause I know TJ and I both are, are very positive. We, we think we got the right guy, man. No doubt about it. I mean, I'll be honest with you, my, my other son, Jake, he's a, he's a tight end. Uh, he's graduating this year. He actually is committed to LSU, but we went through the process with Florida state and he, Jake wants to blaze his own trail too. And he <laughs> and his brother Max, but, but we got to go through conversations and, and, and talk with, you know, FaceTime with Coach Norvell and Coach Thompson, the tight ends coach. And so it's, it's you're, you're excited about where the, where the, where Florida State's headed. Uh, it's been, it's kind of a weird couple of years at Florida State. But yeah. I think they got the right guy in place. He's committed. He's going to do things the right way, get the right kind of players in his program and kind of not clean house, but kind of get it. It's going to take a few years to get it to, to the level yeah. of what we expectations of Florida State. So, I, I think when guys want to be there and uh, for a guy like Coach Norvell is you know, very organized, very communicates with fans, communicates with the players, and he's going to bring the best players he can in there. So just excited about the future, what's, what's, what's going to take place there. Yeah, and I agree. I, I'm excited, man. And the, the last thing I want to ask you about, so I'm I'm only 33 but I don't have a TikTok. Like I, I'm still right. trying to figure out what TikTok <laughs> is and all this stuff. But but you ha- have gone viral lately, Brad, for your trick shots, man. You got a you got a full length basketball slash tennis court in your backyard. It looks like, and you have all these trick shot sequences where you make. It's just not one shot. Like you're doing three, four in a row, and then throwing a football across the court into the other side. Uh, right. Like how this come about, man? Like because it, it's. I'm enjoying it. Like I love watching it. And actually when I saw it is when I decided to DM you and say, Hey man, I, I kind of want this guy on the podcast. He looks like be a fun guy to hang out with. It, it, before you, before you answer, it wasn't playing at Florida state. It wasn't winning super bowls. It yeah. was the trick shots thing that hooked Richie. I just want to say that. Before. I got him. Yeah. My, my kids were on TikTok about a year ago. They're actually off of it now, but I got on there. And at first I started making videos of my career and you kind of, it's kind of chronological. It's actually, Start at the beginning, you'll see you'll see the Super Bowl stuff and stuff that yeah. took place, and it's kind of some stuff that'll make you laugh. And then I started doing a lot of trick shots about four or five months ago, and so I don't just hit one shot, kind of like you said. Everything's sequence yeah. is multiple. It's three, four, five shots at, at my end where I you know, shoot one over the backboard and one behind the back, and then you know one between my legs, and I throw a football full court. And if it doesn't go in, I'll do it again. But I could be out there for. A, some of them go fast. Some of them, they take a little time. And, but <laughs> it, it, it really kind of, it, it's pretty neat. Uh, it gives me some exercise and hopefully everyone enjoys. And so I actually wear this hat. This is the hat I kind of, people, some, <laughs> it's called Big Bad Brad. I'm on there as Big Bad Brad. I love it. All love right. It. And then on the side, this was a hat that was given to me. In Let's Super go. Bowl, actually, there's yeah. the pennant for a Super Bowl. My nickname it was always the bull. But I go as Big Bad Brad on here. So we actually started, we're getting ready to start some merchandise and everything's going to go to charity. Um, it's called Beyond All Borders up in North Carolina where I grew up. And, but I hope everyone can get on my TikTok. They can enjoy it. And I put it on Twitter. I put it on Instagram. And hopefully everyone enjoys. They can laugh. And try to be humor. <laughs> Have a lot of humor with it. And, and uh, hopefully one day, you know, some people can go out there and try some of those shots too. You might be out there a while, but, uh, <laughs> but it, it's fun though. Oh, uh, we, we have a, uh, 
in our community, we have HOA, we have a clubhouse with a pool and a basketball tennis court. I was telling my wife earlier, I'm like, I need to go get some trick shots and I need you to videotape them for me so I can hopefully get a Brad Johnson retweet. So if I post a video <laughs> this week, I, I expect that retweet, Brad. I, I need that. I need that. Well, I always on my Twitter, I always put, you know, send your videos. If you do it, I'll put it out there. Absolutely. <laughs> um, how can people, I mean, you talked a little bit about a lot of it's going to try and go to charity. Um, when when you get the merchandise up, when you get different things up, is that the best way for people to go? And well, we're big on charity. We're big on giving back and supporting and things like that. So um, is that the best way for people to kind of contribute to the charities that you're going towards, the merchandise and different things like that? Yeah, this is, this is the, the two charities I'm involved with is the Evelyn Foundation. I've done a golf tournament for those guys for over 20 years up in North Carolina. Uh, we live in Athens, Georgia, but the Evelyn Foundation and then beyond all borders. And so when we get the merchandise out here, we'll blast it and I'll tag you guys and, and all yeah. that kind of stuff. But you can find me on Instagram at uh, Brad underscore Johnson underscore 14. And, and then you can find me on, you know, wherever else you can hunt me down. You know what I mean? So <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll share your, we'll uh, share your uh, ads. Yeah. All right, I'll ask you this, and then we'll get you out of here, man. We appreciate so much your time. Again, yeah. Rich and I were – I mean, always have been massive fans, and so appreciate your time coming on. Um, double fries, no slaw, obviously an, an ode there to Guthrie's. Um, back in the early 90s, late 80s, were you, were you throwing down some gut boxes back in your day, or what's, uh, what's the story there? <laughs> sometimes I had lunch at, at Guthrie's, and then sometimes I had some late night outs. <laughs> <laughs> I was at uh, Ken's Tavern, Docks, yeah. Sports, and had a few late nights, but you know, we called a cab home, and as we were going through, it would be a long line through the you know, Guthrie's gut box. You know what I mean? So, yeah, and, the, and that cab, fun. and that cab ticker is just ticking while you're sitting in it. You're you're paying to wait in the Guthrie's line, but yeah. boxes boxes are like four or five bucks, so it's worth it. Right? And all, all I remember, Brad, I, I just have to mention. Um, I'm happily married now. I dated another girl in college and she loved it. No, no, no. She loved it because I was there from 06 to 2010 and she's like came home one night. She's like, yeah, you wouldn't believe who was at Ken's tonight. I'm like, who? She's like some guy named Brad Johnson. Apparently he played at Tampa. Bay. I'm like, yeah. And he won a freaking Super Bowl with the Bucks. Like, like, and you live in Tampa, you should know that. And oh, no. so I love that. Yeah. Ken's was awesome. I, I used to, I spent way too many nights there in college. Um, Brad, I don't know, uh, if you, if you come back, I know you're busy with Max and stuff there in LSU, but, um, if you come back to Tallahassee, if you come through at any point this year, let us know, man, we'd love to love to get together and we'll buy you a gut box or whatever. We'll yeah. be on us, but thank you so much again for, for hanging out. We'll definitely link all, all your stuff here, all the charity, and everything else you do, yeah. but thanks so much for, for taking some time and spending with us tonight, buddy. We appreciate it. Yeah, man. It's fun being with you guys. Appreciate y'all reaching out and hope we get back on with you again. So I appreciate I it. Appreciate it, Brad. Right, Thanks, thank man. You. Brad Johnson, Richie, uh, excellent get there. <laughs> that, Richie texted me the other day, guys. Watch it, you know, for those watching, listening, whatever. Richie texted me and said, "Hey, by the way, Brad Johnson's coming on this week," and I was like, "Excuse me, <laughs> <laughs> like the the Brad Johnson is is coming on this week." Um, so awesome stuff there, man. He was great. I, I told you know, told Richie this off the air. One of the coolest nights of my life was was watching the Super Bowl with yeah. my dad. Um. Richie told me he celebrated his 15th birthday watching the Super Bowl yeah. with his dad. Like just kind of memories that, that you'll never forget. And it was it was cool watching watching you know yeah. 
the the former Knowles win it too, right? Greg, Derek, Dexter, and Brad. Let's not yeah. leave anybody and, out. And shout out Brad Johnson. He literally just texted me. He said, "Thanks for having me on your show." Yeah. Like, what yeah. a cool he, guy. Dude, like, he's I, I sent like him a random. I sent him a random DM. Yeah. And he's like, "Oh, here's my cell phone. Text me instead." I'm like, "Oh, all right." But it's it's like that. Uh, but in my initial DM, I I made it clear, like, "Yeah, I'm a Florida State guy. I'm a Buccaneer fan. I'm a Florida State fan." And he was all about it. Like, yeah, let's, I, I wanted, like, he basically said, yeah, you guys, I'll work on your schedule. So it's just so cool to have Brad Johnson, uh, Florida State and Tampa Bay Buccaneer legend on the show. Now, he was absolutely fantastic. Uh, we have a couple more guests. Before we get to them, I want to yeah. tell you, Double Fries No Saw brought to you by Guthrie's in Tallahassee. You can visit both their locations at 1818 West Tennessee Street and 2550 North Monroe. Tell them double fries, no slaw sent you. Hey, we gave away that cooler last week. I saw yeah. that uh, we had a winner there. I was hoping that I could rig that thing for myself, but it didn't work out so well. So, um, hey, they're still giving away free drinks. If you go by Guthrie's and tell them double fries, no slaw sent you, you get a free drink with your order. Um, before we get to our next two guests, uh, actually, we'll do we'll we'll bring them in. Then we'll uh, we'll we'll share the video in just a second. So let's bring our next two guests in. Let me see if I can get all four people on this video. Um, Gentlemen, thank you so much for being patient. We're a couple minutes behind, but joining hey. us now live on the podcast, Dr. Jason Pappas, <laughs> the director, correct, of the sports management department at Florida State. And then we also have Radhik Sharma, uh, Florida State graduate. Now, you, I, I don't even want to butcher everything that you've done now, working for Nielsen and everything <laughs> else. But um, a couple of, I'll just say FSU legends. We go from one FSU legend to two more coming on here. <laughs> to hang out with us tonight guys thank you for hanging out thanks for spending some time with us how are you gentlemen tonight we're doing well, well thank you for having us absolutely tj richie thank you so much you guys uh your, your podcast just listen to bull you know it was funny i i, I was at the super bowl in san diego in, in 2002 i was there and present my oh, first that's one awesome. it, it was incredible and dexter jackson being right from quincy me being yeah. a null, you know, I was a student manager for quarterbacks from 93 to 97. <laughs> and I was actually at uh, the time that Bull, Brad Johnson, and it's funny, I just had lunch with him up in Athens about uh, about a year ago during COVID. Um, and, and we were just reminiscing the fact that he met his wife during what was called the quarterback classic. And uh, Mark Rick, who was our former quarterback coach, started a tradition yeah. where he would bring back all the quarterbacks to Destin. And that included Charlie Ward, Danny McManus, PT, PT Willis, obviously uh, uh, Brad, and we would compete. He would also bring back the managers who could come. And I was fortunate to be one of those managers. And I was a roommate with Bull. And on this particular weekend, he actually met his now and current wife, Nikki Rick, during that weekend. And it was, so it was kind of magical to see over the last 20 years or so, now see his boys and, and him and develop being part of his life and seeing Bull. Uh, and just reminiscing to have us right before it was it was really neat to see and, and that just shows you that powerful Florida State family and what it truly is all about so it was great to have Bull and, and Brad here part of not only what he did in football but what he's continued to do to give back as well yeah no he's he's awesome and we never uh I mean we are I mean we've talked about this off the air guys and this is truly just like I said like we try to be as real and just have as much fun of a conversation as we can but we will literally have anyone that's associated with Florida State on this podcast. Like it, it doesn't like they can win Super Bowls. They can, I mean, they can push the that's lunch awesome. pail around, right? Like we just want to tell FSU story yeah. and and yeah. do it from different angles. And that's why we have you guys on, right? Like we are going to tell a story tonight. We're going to talk to you guys about a project that you guys have um, coming out. Like 
now um, for uh, for everybody to kind of learn about and hear about. Um, Dr. Pepis, I'll, I'll kind of pass it to you. Let's start here and let's jump into it. If, for, for those that are tuned in and maybe aren't aware, don't know, can you tell just your background? Go through that, that 30, 90, sure. 60 second, whatever thing you did with me on the phone the other day, because that was fantastic. But talk to us about your background, what you're doing now, and then we'll get into you guys' project here. And I'll let Roddick introduce himself as well. But uh, you go first, and then we'll we'll go around the horn here, and then we'll talk about what you guys are doing. Well, TJ and, and Richie, thank you again. This, this podcast, and, and I'm old school. I won't even tell you my age, but, you know, for me to really understand podcasts, I, I, I'm embarrassed to have Bull doing TikTok. And I don't even know what TikTok was until he mentioned these pictures and then Instagram. So he's head of the game. So, first of all, thank you for supporting Florida State and obviously getting the message out how – powerful and great this institution is but how wonderful that we are as a family to be able to not only get our word out but to be able to see how great things we're doing is particularly on this podcast uh for me florida state's a very special place i came here in 1993 and let me make myself clear i am not the department chair or director i am just a teacher of florida state and a passion of sports to be able to help our students hopefully follow their dreams and passion of getting that first full-time job in the sport industry. But uh, I came here in 1993. Uh, I actually wanted to walk on, believe it or not, from Titusville, Florida. Back then, it was all Gator country, believe it or not, Space Coast. I, I went to Astronaut High School. Uh, I played a little sports, football, basketball, baseball. I just had a dream of love, of sport. Um, never had any idea that you could actually work in sport. Um, and so when I came to Florida State, it opened up a lot of doors. I ended up uh, realizing that, first of all, nor will I ever see the field of the day, nor will I ever get an opportunity uh, to be able to uh, earn a scholarship. I felt like, what, what is another way that I could still be part of the football program and earn a scholarship? And, and sure enough, I was fortunate enough to be given one of eight scholarships at the time uh, to be the next quarterback quarterback. Uh, manager under Charlie Ward at the time that I was there. To this day, he's one of my closest friends. Uh, we did some work with his program. We're at Florida High. Uh, Danny Cannell, who was at the time, was there, who obviously um, has done some wonderful things and, and still does. Um, we had Thad Busby when I was there. Rooster, Marcus Outson, the shout out there. So, But during this time of four years, uh, I developed this positive and, and really mentorship with our coach, Mark Rick. And um, I want to send my best wishes to coach. Uh, I know he's going through some things health-wise. I want to send that to him. I love you, coach. Yeah. Uh, you were, like I said, one of the biggest inspirations of my life, and you still are. Um, we just had him at our SMSA program. He spoke uh, within last year or two. But uh, I, he was able to develop my who I am as a man, not just who I was as, as, as a person, but just as overall being of godly and, and really helped me through a time where 18 to 22 years old, you make decisions that are always the best, right? And so he kept you um, at, at bay. He kept you um, humble. And more importantly, he truly cared about you. And, and, and he's a true knoll through and through and what made Florida State special. And during that time, we got to play national championship in 93, my freshman year. Got to go to the first college game day on the field. We unfortunately lost to Notre Dame in 93. We got, ended up uh, playing, obviously, Florida when it was the loudest thing I've ever heard. It was 28-21. Uh, Charlie Ward, it was third down and 10. The Gators were coming back, blah, blah, blah. We throw a screen pass to my freshman, my buddy Ward Dunn, who takes it down the sidelines, and you could hear a hush in the swamp. I'd never seen anything like it in the years come. And, and so to, to be able to be a part of that game, and then, of course, uh, a month later, we got to play in the national championship game against now Trev Alberts. Uh, he was a linebacker and just got the AD job. I just saw it in Nebraska. Tom Osborne down in the Orange Bowl to play for and win our first national championship. Scott Bentley ended up kicking the game-winning field goal, 18-16. Um, Dan Mowry was there, obviously. Charlie Ward and uh, Kevin Knox, Corey Sawyer, 
Uh, obviously, uh, we had our running back, Sean jo uh, Jackson, and, and our, our fullback, Williams, um, the man Floyd was there. So it was a great year for me. I never thought in a million years that would have happened. And, and so the next three years, I was fortunate enough to be a part of uh, some great teams of that 14-year run. We didn't finish less than four. And, and for me to be able to understand during those four years, I was getting a learning experience that I never knew of. I, I understood how to run a major football program during those four years. I got to understand how to work equipment, how to be able to um, learn what sport information is about. I learned what compliance was about, ac uh, academic support, sport information, um, events and, and, and facilities management during this time. And where it wasn't someone like myself to help students get internships, I was able to then learn out on my own as being a part of that program. And so as a result, 96 came around my senior year. Uh, I was looking at things to do. We ended up uh, coming back and, and beating the number one Gators my senior year, 24-21. Uh, we were number one versus number two. Uh, we get into the national championship game. And with all the stars being aligned that year, Florida unfortunately got to play us again uh, in the Sugar Bowl. My last game uh, as a student manager there on the field of, of the Superdome. And um, we were right there, 24-21, uh, late in the third quarter. We had the ball. And then work done gets cramps and, and, and gets um, taken out of the game. And, of course, the rest is history. But I ended up leaving that environment, and I was able to get a graduate assistant job under Coach Bowden in academics under one of my second mentor, uh, Dr. Magdi El-Shahawi. Uh, he's now the deputy AD at the University of Georgia, uh, someone that I really look up to and helped me really shape my career. Uh, took me under his wing. I uh, ended up getting my master's degree in, in sport, man uh, sport management back in 98. Uh, I didn't finish my undergrad in, in business communications in 96. And then I got an opportunity to go to the Carolina Panthers in 98 and did an internship there. Realized what it takes to work in, in sport, uh, but also I found out what my passion was. And I think for me, and I tell our students all the time, internships is a way to not necessarily figure out um, what you want to do and, and get that skill set in that area. But more importantly, it tells you what you don't want to do. And so during that year in 98 under Dom Capers, and so that was the year that I don't know if you remember this, but uh, uh, Kevin Green choked uh, Kevin Steele um, uh, on the sidelines. Yes. I had to yeah. <laughs> drive uh, uh, Kevin Green off the field because all the media was there. And, and this is like, you know, for me, working in professional sports was something that was, um, you know, something I didn't really particularly uh, find the love for. So when Lou Holtz got the job as a football coach in 99, uh, I was hired to be his academic advisor. I spent six years under coach. Uh, Holtz, which is an amazing experience there um, with Skip, who I love, who actually was at Florida State in 85 as a GA. Um, Charlie Strong was there, got to work with some great uh, coaches and assistants there. And then in, in 90, um, excuse me, 90, who was it, 2005, we hired Coach Spurrier. And who would have thought, here I am, if a Noel, and knowing back in the day where I told you about Florida, Florida State and those errors, that I got to work with the coach. And 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 I'll say this, he, he is one of the best, if not the best coaches I ever got to work with as far as a head coach football. I mean, he's salt of the earth, just a phenomenal human being, someone that brought me into his family. He would go, all right, Coach Pat, let's go. Let's talk to the team. Let's get this academic straight and, and get it going. Always included me in everything we did, put me on the first class, playing on the charter, and just really incorporated that mindset in academics. And, and I did that for eight years with the Gamecocks. I ended up getting a second master's in higher education administration. And during that time, I, I got another mentorship, my third, uh, with a guy named Ray Tanner. Uh, he was the baseball coach. I got to work with Ray. I, I lived with Coach. Matter of fact, I just saw him for the first time in uh, almost a decade um, this past summer up in Columbia, South Carolina. He won two national titles there. Uh, he's currently the athletic director at the University of South Carolina. He got a new tour of their football facilities. And I uh, got to see Eric Kemry, one of our former quarterbacks there. And it was a great experience for me for eight years and a family there. Um, and then I got recruited to work back with Maggie El-Shahawi uh, in, in, in uh, 2006 out in Southern Cal. 
uh, as an assistant AD under Pete Carroll during the heyday. Uh, we had Matt Leinert, uh, Reggie Bush my first year. We played Texas in the uh, Rose Bowl. And then we had Clay Matthews, Ray Maluga, uh, the whole the staunch of just a phenomenal uh, era there during that 30 for 30, if you saw that. And for me to get a, a behind-the-scenes look of that close hand was amazing. I got my doctorate degree there. And then finally, I, I got recruited back uh, as associate AD here in academics at Florida State. And I knew when they called to come home, that that was where I needed to be. And so I uh, took that job and, 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 and was at 2011. I transferred in faculty shortly thereafter. And now I've been here for the last 10 years, really enhancing our program from a from a exponential learning piece, right? So uh, my job was to make sure our students got tremendous experiences, internships, connections, and that's a great leeway to introduce Radic and how we got together and how we were able to uh, develop our relationship, but meet as a as, as a student and as a, um, a faculty member back in uh, I believe it's 2014. Um, and so that does take us to to Braddock. Braddock, just before you go, I do want to ask Dr. Pappas just quickly. Florida State's 2013 team beats that 06 USC team, right? Like, if, if those two teams go up head to head, we're, we're winning that, right? Like, just easy. Well, you know what? The, 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 let me tell you, that 06 USC, the, the star power in that game was unbelievable. I mean, you got to remember, I mean, there was, yeah. I think it was between Texas and, and, and USC that had over 20, 24 current NFL players at some oh, era yeah. during that time. But you got to look at 2013, though. Oof. Our team with Jameis, I mean, it was incredible. I mean, and I honestly think we were a little bit underrated as much as we, we, we agree. Took the, yeah. You know, and because we didn't get that kind of spotlight that you would typically have of a team like uh, the 13 and, and, and not only star power, but we were so well coached uh, from top to bottom. And and so, you know what, I think, you know, I'm biased too. you got to remember this, but I, I would we go with 2013 <laughs> yeah. uh, team too as well. But uh, yeah. that, that is absolutely a great, great matchup to, to see for sure, to see how that would play out. But I would definitely favor the Knowles over that one for sure. Yeah, I'd have a something close, like I don't know, forty-eight to three or something like that. Like that's how I. Braddock, thank you for joining us as well. Talk to us a little bit about your journey. Talk to us about we're we're gonna get into why you guys are on the pod too. But give the give the folks that are listening and watching a little bit of your background as well, if if you don't mind. Thank you guys both again for being here. Yeah, absolutely, TJ Richie. Thank you so much for for having us again. Um, Speaking of 2013, I was that was the year that I did join Florida State to pursue my master in sports management. Uh, best decision I ever made. But taking a step back, um, I'm originally from India. Uh, did my undergrad in computer science engineering, and while I had a full time job and it was something that you know I was reasonably good at, it wasn't something that I saw myself doing for the rest of my life. And sports was always a big part of my life. I grew up playing cricket, soccer, ping pong. Um, uh, at the professional, semi-professional level as well across these sports. And it was at that time that, you know, I was always fascinated by the business of sports. Like I was always curious, you know, when I would watch Sports Center highlights and looking at the various, you know, coaches on, on the teams or on the sidelines, what what are some of this, the, the skill sets that one requires to be able to make those, you know, game time decisions? Uh, so that was one aspect of it. But more so, I really want to get a better sense of the business side of things. So after working for a couple of years, after getting my, my undergrad degree in engineering, I did a lot of research about the top you know, sports management programs globally. Looked at Australia, looked at Europe, looked at North America. And I think it was pretty clear in my research that you know, some of the best sports management programs are in, in, um, in, in the US. And so took a leap of faith you know, applied to a, a couple of programs, spoke to a few people, 
Um, and I was really fortunate to be recruited by the Florida State program uh, in 2013, as I rightly mentioned. So, you know, if, to set the stage, you know, I, I did not know much about American sports. I obviously followed the NBA, growing up in India, huge Michael Jordan fan, and then, you know, uh, Allen Iverson, so on, and so on and so forth. But then American football was completely new to me. And so for, for someone like myself, being thrown into Florida State football, where I got the opportunity to intern, and then suddenly, you know, you're, you're making all these national headlines, just having the ability to get that kind of exposure was second to none. And it was at that time that, you know, uh, getting that exposure obviously really cemented my my decision that you know this is such a great place to be but then also on the academic side having the access to some of the best faculty uh, across you know uh, all sports management programs nationwide really set me up for success so while at florida state uh, i did a couple of internships one was with the international junior golf tour in south carolina uh, one was with disney sports in orlando for about a year uh, and at that same time, I was working, uh, I was more interested, like, at that time in, uh, uh, in in the sport of golf and really to understand, like, some of the best revenue management practices uh, that are implemented across the world. And that's where I came across Don uh, uh, Farr, who now is the chair of our Dead Man School of Hospitality. Uh, and he kind of took me under his wing, just kind of, you know, I got to understand about some of the basic revenue management practices and on one of my trips back to India, I just sent a blind email to the president of the PGO of India. And I said, listen, this is what I'm studying right now. What if we were to bring these practices to Asia and really enhance the, you know, the way business is done as far as golf is concerned? So that somehow got a lot of national recognition. This whole story was picked up in the Times of India, which is like the New York Times here in the U.S., um, so I did want to work in the golf industry, and so I got connected with, with a few folks at the PGA Tour. And just through those relationships, relationships I was able to secure a full-time position uh, out of their corporate headquarters in New York. So I was there for about a couple of years. So I was focused more on corporate partnerships, business development, like uh, helping you know Fortune 500 companies understand the uh, the, the power of you know working or, or championing the, the PGA Tour and what events or tournaments should they be, you know, looking to partner with to be able to reach the target audience. And while doing that, you know, I was very interested in like sports sponsorship and uh, analytics. And that's where, you know, I essentially was able to uh, transition to this role at Nielsen Sports, where I lead our brands vertical to be able to provide all of our brands clients with data-driven insights around all of their sports sponsorship investments. So, that's a little bit about my journey uh, from Florida State to Disney to the PGA Tour and to currently uh, being stationed in New York working for Nielsen as part of the sports business vertical. Yeah, and we definitely want to get into y'all's book uh, quickly, but uh, I have to mention or have to ask because you mentioned you know working with the the PGA and being in golf. Uh, Florida State man, two top ten finishes at the Open this weekend. Daniel Berger and Brooks Kepka. Brooks, yeah. man, if he had just had a better Saturday, I think he could have won it. But shout out Colin Morikawa, like that guy is phenomenal, and he's oh, going to yeah. win a lot of majors in his future. Um, but just quick thoughts on that because I I know you mentioned you you did a lot of work on the tour. It's got to be cool seeing a Florida State guy like Brooks just dominating the majors even when he's not winning he's still finishing top 10 
Oh yeah, 100%. I think, you know, it's just amazing to see how he's evolved as an athlete, um, both, you know, on a personal and professional level. And he's so young and he's so like fit. And as far as like the future is concerned, I mean, what he's already accomplished in terms of, you know, whatever he's won so far, especially in the last two to three years, I think, you know, sky's the limit for him, for sure. Yeah. You're on mute, TJ. <laughs> I was going to say, I, why is nobody talking back to me? All right. No, he's a ton of, he's a ton of fun to watch, but now we'll get into the book. Now we'll get into why you brought you guys on. Appreciate the yeah. background. Appreciate that. You guys tell me what you want to do. Do you want me to show the video real quick and play that? Or do you guys want to talk about it and then show the video? Or what What's what, what are we doing first? You guys tell me. You're the bosses now. <laughs> I think you're, the the video. you're the captain now. Yeah. All right. I'm with it. Yeah. Let's show the video. Let's, let's see if I can do this. This is live. This is live. So we'll see how good I am. I wish I had a producer that could do all this for me, but his internet is terrible. <laughs> and there's tornadoes going through and everything else. So, all right. I think we have it here. We'll hit play and we'll shut up and let you guys watch the video. Behind every goal scored, shot drilled, putt made, and record broken are the dedicated MVPs of the sport industry. They work countless hours behind the scenes, making abundant sacrifices and taking huge risks to ensure these desires, dreams, and realities come to life. You have to have a stamina, right, and an appetite for that kind of a lifestyle, and it's not for everybody. Continuously innovate um, and evolve and, and grow and learn. For these sports business leaders, work is not just a job or a career, but a way of life. Don't pass up on opportunities that you have because I feel like everything plays in full circle to the thing that you want in your life. If we tackle it together, it's much better than, you know, if we tackle it alone. These sport business champions are the masters of the game. The Masters of the Game is a book featuring celebrated sports executives from the industry, chronicling their awe-inspiring stories with an emphasis on some of the most profound business and life lessons learned along the way. Whatever's going on, smile, even if you've had all your teeth knocked out by a high stick. You definitely want to dream big and think big, um, but you've got to take all the steps before you get there. So the video there talking about the book. I know we we're talking a little bit about the sound. It'll come through higher on the, we'll do some post-production editing and, and things of that nature. Harlan, I'll, I'll make sure I get it to you. Um, talk to us, Dr. Pappas. Let's start with you. Talk to us about the, um, the vision for the book. There's a little, those listening and watching can, can check that out, but talk to us a little bit about the vision for the book. What's going on with the book? I just give us the overview. Give us the four one one all the way around. Absolutely, TJ. You know, it, I would like to take credit for this book, but it's it's not even close to me. It was actually Radix. Uh, like he said, almost uh, eight years ago, uh, he started Florida State, and and you got to remember, he came from a culture where there was not a whole lot of 
sport management opportunities in terms of curriculum, in terms of job opportunities, because in their culture, the parents, their children toward you to be an engineer, doctor, lawyer. And here, here's a, um, a young man who already had his career set. He was a computer science engineer, uh, ends up getting the opportunity to come to Florida State. Um, and, and you got to think about it. You know, when you when you already have a career, you're in a whole nother world, a whole nother part of the culture. Uh, his father, he doesn't even tell him about it. He, he was a retired general in the Indian uh, Army, which is incredible um, uh, in itself. His mother was the one that uh, was very progressive and, and, and pushed Radic to uh, follow his dreams and aspirations. And so he ends up leaving his career, his family, his culture, and moves to Tallahassee, Florida, of all places, to study sport management. And fortunately for me, I, I was able to develop a, a very good relationship with him. Uh, he was one of my better students, if not one of the best. He would meet me with me on a regular basis to help mentor and guide him. And uh, we ended up getting an internship down at Disney, as mentioned, uh, International Junior Golf Tour. But after one of my classes, I, I taught professional development sport. And within that class, the premise behind that, that class is to be able to help our students market themselves and be able to separate themselves from a very competitive industry uh, to elevate themselves from a pack of uh, resumes uh, to be able to at least get that interview. And, and then our students will uh, showcase themselves just like Radic has. So at the end of the class, he asked me, hey, Dr. Papp, I just wanted to ask if, if you, you know, I wanted to write this book. And I want to write this book about not necessarily the people on the field, but behind the scenes of these high level sport professional executives to talk about their career journey, to see what types of sacrifice and advice they would offer anybody that's interested in going in the industry of sport or just, just who are enthusiastic of sport to really understand what it takes and, and, and to be able to go through uh, such a wonderful career, but one that can be challenging if you don't know ahead of time. So at the time, I didn't think much of it. I was like, okay, sure, Braddock. But, but sure to his word, he calls me up four years ago and he goes, Pap, you're ready, uh, you're ready to write this book. And so here we are three and a half years later, we traveled all over the country from West Coast to East Coast to Northeast and Southeast. Um, I, I flew in one day to LA and back all in one day just to be able to interview like Tucker Kane, Amy Trask of the Raiders, um, and, and to kind of go over that. Um, I, I like to, you know, forward that to Braddock to kind of show where that project ended up uh, going as it is today. And it was really his vision and his really idea to get this to where we're at today. Braddock, I, we talked about this when, when we met before the podcast, but for those that like do want that deeper level of understanding like some people just are not satisfied with the what they want to know the why right and that's what i think your book encapsulates um i love sports right i i literally host a sports podcast right so i mean, i talk with brad johnson about plays that happened from you know 18 19 years ago and i talked to him about those all night right we we'd have kept him on here for an hour if we didn't have you guys coming on after <laughs> so like i love the what but for the for the fan that like wants to know how these things work the why the deeper meaning man how does the front office or how's the back office or how does this work how does how do these these exact you know because we see lebron right we see kobe we see michael we see Jameis, and we see brady and we see all of these guys but like how does the actual operation of sport yeah. work and uh man that's what i'm excited about to to get a copy of the book hopefully i can get it signed by you guys but that's what i'm excited to get it to get a copy of the book and and really learn about is is I think it goes deeper level than just the sixty minute game or the forty eight minute game or or whatever. Where did where did that passion to to do a project like this come from? Uh, why did you want to do this? And then you know, beside just that, like talk to us about about the book itself, Doctor. You know, continuing on what Doctor Papas talked about as well. Yeah. yeah, certainly. So I think you know some of the best projects that really come to life are those that you know foster from your own personal experiences. And so, you know, as Dr. Papa alluded, when I came here, 
I really wanted to understand the business of sport. And sure, sure enough, you know, there's certain things that you need to do. You need to network with the right people. You need to get those internships to be able to understand this is what I want to potentially do if I do if I do work in sports and also understand, OK, these are the things that I potentially do not want to get you know involved in moving forward. So at that time, in speaking with my peers, I also understood, you know, I, I, I could I would always, you know, uh, have the very candid conversations like tell me more about yourself. Like some of them were like athletes sitting in my class uh, and, you know, what do you want to do with a with master's in sports management? Uh, and I could not really get the most specific answer, which I was looking for. Like they said, you know, I've been an athlete. I have an undergrad in sports management, uh, but I want to get a master's degree and possibly, uh, you know, work on the marketing side of things or, or, or something more. But I never got specific answers. So, again, since I've been, you know, so focused on research, I did a lot of reading and tried to find a resource which would help me address these questions. Sure enough, I found a few books which were really like introductions to sports management, like uh, the kind of jobs that are available in sports, sports marketing, you could do sports finance, you could focus on sponsorship. Uh, and that was great, that was super helpful. But at the end of the day, I, to your point, I really focus on the why, like why would someone like me wanna work on the sports sponsorship side of things? Um, and so to be able to do that, uh, I really wanted to write a book which would essentially address this this problem, right? Uh, today, every second day, I get people, students rather reach out to me every second day because they they understand, uh, you know, because they, they are essentially in, in my shoes where I was seven, eight years ago, where they want to work in sports, but they don't know exactly what, what, what path to take or how to get that first full-time internship or that first full-time, you know, opening uh, in, into the industry. As we all know, it's very competitive. So that's where, you know, always having, always always wanting to write a book, I approached Dr. Pappas and said, let's come up with this very unique concept where we would give a platform to some of the most celebrated executives in the industry to tell their story. Uh, and I think what makes our book unique is the fact that, you know, we haven't really focused on their professional journey. I mean, if I want to look at what the general manager of the Buffalo Bills has done, I could just Google him or I could find his information on LinkedIn. Sure. Uh, that's not what we're trying to accomplish. We really want to understand what have been some of the steps that they've taken along the way to get to where they are today, both from a personal standpoint and professional standpoint. So what you learn from this book is there are a lot of personal uh, anecdotes, life lessons, which some of these executives have been able to implement for them to be successful in their day-to-day -day personal and professional lives. What we talked about off the air is just that their work ethic made them has made these executives so great um, that they probably would have been great in, in no matter what they went into. Right? Like they may be the CEO of the Golden State Warriors, but if they had been the CEO of any other Fortune 500, they'd have been successful doing that. And that's really what it took. I, you know, Dr. Pappas has been gracious enough to allow us to try and chat with some students that may want to kind of help out with some of the things that we do and learn some of the media stuff that we've done and it's kind of given me the perspective when I'm chatting with some of them, um, you know, they all come to me and they all say, well, I wanted to go to FSU because they have the number one sport management department. And then I kind of turn it back on them and say, well, I know what FSU can do for you. Like that, that's not what I'm worried what about. I want to know what you want to do. Like, are you willing to put the time in? Are you willing to, cause right. we, like I said earlier, we see Kobe and we see LeBron and we see Michael and I don't want to say their jobs are easy, but their jobs are just to show up, right? Like just oh, yeah. to show up. 
but like all the things that go on behind the scenes and the painstaking hours and the commitment and the effort level that people that you'll never hear about their names have to put in. And unless you're blessed with the ability to jump over people and dunk a basketball on a 10 foot rim, you're probably not living out that LeBron James life. And so you say you want to work in sport. And as you guys know, because you've put the time in, there's a lot, a lot, a lot of work that goes into that. Um, Maybe more so than any, I don't want to say more so than any other thing, but a lot of other jobs are just very nine to five, very clock in, clock out. And, and that's just not the case. Dr. Pappas, talk a little bit about that, uh, that time, that effort, that energy that goes into every kid wants to work in sports because we're all fans, right? Like we all cheer for the Knowles. We all cheer for the Bucks. We cheer for the Knowles. We cheer for the Lightning. We cheer for this team, that team. There's a lot more that goes into it than just being a fan of a sport. Well, TJ, you're absolutely 100% right. And that's kind of where this book is really all about. And and I'll give an example. I'll have students call me up, even high school now, and they want to go, hey, uh, Dr. Pap, I want to be an athletic director. I want to be a GM in the NFL. And and, and they have no idea what that looks like and how to, what it's going to take to get them there, right? So what I first tell them is this, is that, you know, to work in the sport industry is not necessarily a career move. It's really a lifestyle. And do you really have the passion and desire to want to do that for a long period of time for the rest of your life. And, and, and a lot of students are, are, are very uh, naive to that piece, right? So what we try to do is we inform them before you even think about going to sport management, are you willing to work for free? And, and not always, but you have to be understand that you're here to get the experience because you have a short period of time where you can get this experience to be able to get you that first full-time job in sport. The other thing is, um, are, are you... You worried about, like you said, nine to five? Are you worried about working holidays? Are you working work weekends? If so, then this may not be a field that you have because you got to understand sport is entertainment and you've mm-hmm. got to be able to entertain at, at all types of levels. And and I say to them is this, is that if you are willing to do that, then, then, then this is a great field to do because one of the great things about sport, and I'll say this just from working in it, and Braddock could probably say the same thing. Yeah, it can be a grind at times. Uh, it can be wear you down with your family and trying to balance your work and life um, uh, stability. But the thing that I find most is that when that alarm goes off at whatever time in the morning or whatever time you have to go to work and you hear that alarm and you get fired up and knowing that you're not, not going to work, you're doing something that you love to do that you're getting paid for. That's why you want to sport. That's why you have a passion. And there's a lot of sacrifice in that. And if it was easy, everybody would do it. But if you truly have a desire and a passion to want to work in this industry, there's no better field. And by having an understanding of that going into our field or even reading this book will help you identify some of those skill sets that are really going to help separate you from a very large competition. But more importantly, find what you have in your belief and who you are to be able to make that a lifestyle choice instead of a career choice. The book is Masters of the Game. Um, Braddock, when is this going live? Where can people get it? What are the what are the details on this? We've got folks in the comments. I want a copy. Uh, folks all over kind of getting excited about it. We've, we've definitely jacked them up for it. So w- give us the details, man. Where can we get this? We've hyped it up a, for 25 minutes now. They're <laughs> chomping at the bit. <laughs> yeah, certainly. Yeah, so... So the book is uh, available to be uh, on our website called mastersofthegamethebook.com. And we can share the details uh, in the chat as well. Uh, But essentially, you can buy the book now. Uh, We we will have the the website ready by tomorrow. Uh, And then eventually, uh, it will be available across all platforms. Uh, August 15th is really the the release date, but we are are taking pre-orders now as well. 
Awesome. We're excited to get it. We're excited to read it. I know that folks in the chat again are excited for it too. So glad to see some comments coming in. Um, gentlemen, I don't want to take up too much more of your time, but we appreciate you guys so much oh, yeah. um, for, for coming on, chatting with us, taking time out of your, uh, well, Dr. Pavis, I don't know, you, you just got back from Hawaii, so I'm still not very happy with you, but uh, I appreciate well, both of you guys for coming on and hanging out tonight taking time out of your schedules away from your families. I, but in all seriousness, I know that you did just get off a plane, so I'll give you a little bit of slack there, but you're not off my uh, list for the whole, you know, being in Hawaii for the last week and a half. Uh, but uh, but uh, you know who I met out there, though, JJ? You appreciate this. You, you talked about Mike Norvell. I don't know if you know a, a coach named Todd Graham and um, got a chance to really uh, spend some time with the director of football operations at the University of Hawaii. Um, talk about a challenging place to, to work in sport, right? I mean, here you are, uh, what, 2,600 miles from the mainland. I, I know June Jones had some success out there, but let me tell you something. Their facilities, oh, I mean, it's brutal. And, and here, they're, they're, they're a $45 million operating budget at the University of Hawaii, and, and, and half that is with salaries, and travel because you think recruiting and now with NIL, they didn't even know where. And so I got a chance to meet with the associate athletic director, uh, Vince Balmar, when I was out there. I got to meet with the uh, director of Hawaii, uh, the Sheraton Bowl. So I, what I try to do when I do vacation, my wife gives me a hard time, is that while you're at these places, you've got to take advantage of developing that network. So that's why we try to teach our students anywhere you go during spring break or the summer, be intentional and in go in that, that extra mile to introduce yourself. Get, there's no better way to learn than talk to professionals themselves. But Todd Graham is a perfect example of Mike Norvell. Todd Graham was basically Mike Norvell's mentor, and he's a first class. I mean, what he's been able to do from a football sector at Tulsa, at Pitt, at Arizona State, and look what he did at Hawaii just last year. He, he, he turned that program around, won a bowl game last year over the University of Houston uh, in the Sheridan Hawaii Bowl, and uh, just great individual who really will take the time and effort to really not only mentor uh, players in, involved in football, but in life. And those are the people you want to surround yourself. So just as important as it is, that you know you enjoy your job just as important it is to really uh have a passion for what you do but it's the people you work with that you believe in each and every day because you spend a lot of hours with these professionals and you better yeah. know well well in what you get into that you, the people that you love that are going to go to bat for you and they care about you and i'm so fortunate that i have a faculty here at florida state that do that dr jeff james our department chair um all the way down to our, our, our dr newman dr rodenberg dr Flanagan, dr kim dr hanhan um, all the new, we just hired Dr. Pfeiffer, Dr. Dew. We just have a tremendous staff and it's fun to go to work each every day. And I challenge our students and our professionals to find that passion because like I said, it's like you've never worked a day in your life. And I hope everyone gets that privilege as they start into their careers or as they continue to find out as we get it through a pandemic, which I can't wait to get back to sport <laughs> just for our students' sakes alone. And just for every sport fan out there to really get to get some normalcy back here as we get here in the fall. One point, September 5th, Notre Dame, 730. This Tallahassee is going to be explosive, and I cannot wait for that day to come here sooner than later oh, with 30-something days away, so so I'm yeah. fired up. 40, 49 days from today. We're, we're doing a big right. tailgate. Roddick you're, Roddick, you're not in Tallahassee anymore, right? You're in New York. Is that right? That is correct, yes. All right. Well, you oh, need to get down man. to Tallahassee for, for the game. <laughs> we're doing a big tailgate. Dr. Pappas, you have to come eat some fried chicken tenders, uh, some Guthrie's. It. We'll, it's all on us. So, uh, yeah. gentlemen, we appreciate you guys so much for hanging out. We're excited to get the book. Excited to kind of follow the journey and and again we'll we'll definitely share everything once it once it comes out on all our social medias. I mean I'm excited for it to come out so I can get one and, and read it. But I'm I'm so jacked about it and uh, thank you guys so much for for coming on and hanging out with us tonight. We we can't tell you thank you enough. For sure. Well, 
TJ, Richie, thank you so much. Thanks for all you do. Thanks for the support of our student athletes, our coaches, the entire Florida State University and the athletic department. And thanks again for all you do. And go Knowles. Hey, hey, Dr. Pappas, as a Florida State sport management graduate, I appreciate all you guys do. (laughs) And I I love it. Uh, Florida State College of Education, Sport Management 2010 right here. So I'm all in on everything you guys do. I didn't know that. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks. I, I, I wait till the very last minute I know that. to tell you that. Right? <laughs> he made make sure you liked us before he said it. <laughs> but no, it, honestly, like I, I, I did awesome. the sport management program and I loved it. I think you guys do a phenomenal job. And, uh, you know, any high school kids that, that I make come into contact with, I tell them, listen, Florida State, don't be fooled. It is College of Education, but it is a phenomenal program. You guys do a phenomenal job. And I want to thank you guys and hope to continue to grow the program because it, it's really important. Um, I would not be where I am right now without my degree in sport management from Florida State. So I love it. Thank you. And thank if you, you check the rankings, it's ranked number one right now. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yep. The graduate program yeah, is number one in the country. All these, yes. all these kids that I interview for the inter- interns, they always tell me like, oh, number one for a minute. I always say it. I know that. I know that. What are you going to do? I don't care about Florida. I know Florida State. Yeah, exactly. What are you going to do? <laughs> tell me about FSU. I know they're awesome. So, guys, thank you a ton. We'll, we'll, Dr. Sure. we'll see you on Labor Day. We're, we're thank you so much. Yeah. But you guys have a great rest of your week, man. We're, we're excited to get the book in our hands for sure. Absolutely. Well, thank, thank you, guys. Thank you, fellas. Bye-bye. Thanks, guys. Dr. Pappas and Vradik Sharma, we appreciate them for coming on and, and hanging out for a little bit. Go get their book. It's uh, it's not live right now, but yeah. it will be tomorrow morning. Masters of the Game. Masters of the Game. Search that, Google that. Mastersofthegame.com, I believe. Masters of the Game. Go check that out. Get a copy. Um, really good stuff. I, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm somebody that likes to learn, likes to understand things. I also just like to think that I'm a know-it-all, right? So anything that I can kind of learn helps with that. And so yeah. understanding that why as opposed to just the what is big for me. Yeah. Um, and on, on top of that, it's also cool to just randomly talk to a Super Bowl champion quarterback. You know, we, we did that. No big deal, right? <laughs> well, um, <laughs> of, of course, my mic kind of gives out right there at the last <laughs> the show. Hold on. Let me. Oh man, but yeah, a great show. Honestly, Doctor Pappas, uh, like they both were great. Um, Like I said, I'm a graduate of the sport management program at Florida State University, so it it's very near and dear to my heart. So to have two of those guys on to talk about it, I loved it. And again, got to talk to a Super winning champion, Brad Johnson. So a phenomenal episode. The ability of 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 Richie and myself, I mean, like I don't, I don't, I don't pat ourselves on the back too much, but the ability to like pivot from Brad Johnson, who's outside in his yard, like doing trick shots <laughs> to like a couple of authors of a, a book that's yeah. about to blow up. Uh, it's pretty good. Like, I'll just give us a, like a little <laughs> bit of a pat on the back. Like I don't hurt my elbow, pat myself yeah, on the back, I don't but go too okay. crazy here, but uh, Hey man, no, we appreciate uh, those that tuned in, those that hung out. A little bit of a long episode with a couple of interviews, but I thought they were both really, really good. Um, if you tuned in, you know, halfway through or um, didn't check out the first interview with Brad Johnson, Super Bowl champion, former FSU quarterback, we really didn't talk about FSU very much. But you know, when you were in the Super Bowl, that's that's all anybody wants to talk about. Exactly. And then uh, uh, Dude's an interview, got a ring. So. an interview with uh, Dr. Pappas and Braddock Sharma, um, FSU sports management book, Masters of the Game. 
Uh, go check that out. Again, we gave away our um, our Guthrie's cooler. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Walter Sachs, won that. We may have another couple of giveaways, a couple of quicker giveaways uh, coming up with Guthrie's as well. They're sending me some stuff in the mail this week. So as soon as that comes in, we'll start to do some quicker uh, giveaways. It won't be anything as good as a cooler, but we'll have some fun stuff coming up. We have some fun episodes planned, some fun episodes coming up. Um, go check out the website, double fries, no, www.doublefriesnoslaw.com. Some cool series there. Richie's going to work on a golf piece tonight, I can tell, uh, between this and something else we're doing, special pop-up. But, uh, yeah, good stuff going on on the website. Shout out our guys, Dustin, Ed, uh, Mike, myself, Richie, all throwing stuff up here and there. Harlan and Brian do some stuff just on the on the countdowns that we're doing towards season 49 days to go getting excited guys I've, I've started this little video thing where i put a video up every day i guess i'm committing to that so uh 49 days to go richie you got any shout outs before we get out of here no uh I, I guess shout out my wife she uh dealt with me waking up at like four in the morning the past few nights or fast few mornings to watch the the british open brooks kepler didn't quite get it done uh but him and daniel Berger, both two former florida state uh alum in the top 10 and shout out colin morikawa man like i i called him before the week no big Did deal. you talk oh I, you call like you called yeah. him to win I yeah i called him call. to win no 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 i, I wish i <laughs> i wish i just had like the one of the best players in the world on my in my I, I do have a former super bowl champion in my in my contacts but i do not have colin morikawa but uh phenomenal win uh great for him i had a lot of fun uh, shout out Mark and Rachel, our friends who went to their new place downtown Orlando today, hang, hung out at the pool. Uh, but yeah, Brad Johnson and then the Florida State Sport Man- Sports Management Program. Uh, great show. I loved it, man. Now, ton of fun. Appreciate everybody for hanging out. Um, I don't have any shout outs this week. Sorry. So I'll, <laughs> well, I'll try. You, you take the song, then. There we go. I don't know what the song's gonna be either, but it's probably something that's gonna piss somebody off. So um if you get pissed <laughs> off the shot, if you get pissed off at the song, then shout out to you. Um we'll be back next Sunday with another episode. Next Sunday, there will only be 42 days until football. Like I'm I'm counting this down. Uh I haven't told Kara this week. I said, like, hey, the first Sunday that we're gonna like miss in a long time is going to be that Labor Day. I'm not doing a show that um yeah, that'll Sunday be- night. We'll do a show Monday night. So, oh wow, uh, it, it will we'll have been uh, over a year. We, we got to be coming up close to our one year anniversary at this point, well, right? I think the first episode was uh, very beginning of August. So yeah, we'll have a one year okay. anniversary episode yeah. coming up soon. Um, maybe do something big for that one. Um, stay tuned for some special stuff dropping soon. I, I don't know exactly when that some stuff's going to drop, but we may live in a little nostalgia here soon. Uh, okay. For myself, TJ Pittenger, Richie Barnes, Harlan Harris behind the. Uh, you know, pay, don't pay attention to the man behind the curtain, but Harlan Harris uh, <laughs> running everything on the back end. Uh, until we see you guys again, go Knowles. She asked me where I was from. I said somewhere you never been to. Little town outside of Knoxville. Heading by some dogwood trees She tried talking with my accent We held hands and waded into that blue water She left her flip-flops by my red wings on the beach 
Some sand in my boots. Yeah, I said, let's go shoot tequila. So we walked back to that beach bar. She said, don't cowboys drink whiskey. <laughs> so we drank by themselves. She said, damn, that sky looks perfect. And I said, girl, you never seen stars like the ones back home. And she said, maybe I should. Seeing for myself Yeah, but now I'm dodging potholes In my sunburned Silverado Like a heartbroken Desperado Headed right back to my roof Something about the way she kissed me Tells me she loves Eastern Tennessee Yeah, but all I brought back with me Was some sand in my boots So Some sand.